streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, August 14th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, of course, the Big Ten canceled its season three days ago, and we're still in our stages of grieving. You know, Where are you at with this decision? Have you entered the acceptance stage yet? Are you still angry? Just where are you at with this? I'm still bitter about the decision. I feel like the guys – such as the Jonathan Coopers and the Justin Hilliers and the Tough Borlands, a lot of those veteran guys who may have played their last down got really short chains here. And I just feel bad for those guys. And I hate the way it went down. I, I feel like the Big Ten and Kevin Warren has completely dropped the ball when it comes to leadership here. They really let these kids down. They refuse to listen to what these kids and their parents want. This is America. These, those kids should have the, the opportunity to make a decision for themselves. Those who want to play should be able to play. Those families and kids who are skeptical and don't want to play should have the option to opt out. And to me, I think the Big Ten did themselves a disservice because they're not being transparent with their decision. They're not providing the data. As John U. Bacon said, uh, a Michigan writer on, on Twitter, show your work. Show your work to Big Ten. The, uh, at minimum, the Pac-12 came out and showed what their findings and their results are. We've yet to hear anything from the Big Ten on what their, what their data was showing because if you look at the time that they released their schedule to the time that they made a decision, nothing has changed. You look at all of the numbers as far as the testing and the protocols that these teams are following, and right now all of the numbers look good. People talk about, well, what about when the students come back? There will be massive breakouts. Well, you look at what Notre Dame has done. Notre Dame just did 12,000 tests for their incoming students on campus this week, and 99.7 of those students coming from all different places around the world tested COVID-free. So to me, there has to be more to the story. And I just want to know, and I think those kids deserve to know everything that went in to make that decision. What do you think the fallout will be long-term, if any, you know, if, if um, especially, and we'll get to this, if you think the other conferences will actually play this year, other than the Pac-12, which is like the Big Ten already called it off. Do you think this could just be a one-year blip on the radar? Do you think this could be, you know, have long-lasting negative impacts, you know, for Ohio State. I mean, the, you know, we can talk about the Big Ten as a whole, but everybody listening to this podcast wants to know about Ohio State. Do you think this is, is going to affect Ohio State negatively long-term? A lot of people believe that this is going to really hurt Ohio State. I'm of the opinion is that this is Ohio State. They're always going to be able to compete with the big dogs. As long as their roster stays intact, Ohio State's going to be good. 
Now, you talk about the rest of the Big Ten, those guys would not be able to dig themselves out of the hole. They don't have enough juice, first of all. They don't have enough national buzz. And secondly, they don't have the chops to recruit nationally on a national level to bring in those difference makers. The, besides Ohio State, the rest of the Big Ten can forget about recruiting below the Mason-Dixon line for some of those high-end blue-chip players because the theme is going to be is we here in the SEC and the ACC, we care about our athletes. We listen to you. Even if they don't get to play, what they can sell to these recruits and their parents is, is we heard you and we did everything possible in our power to give you the opportunity to play. And what's coming around the corner, Dave, you have the name, image, and likeness um, coming up where players are going to start cashing in off their, off their name. And what is the SEC going to sell? We, our conference value you more than what the Big Ten values their student athletes. So we'll be able to put you in a position to cash in a whole lot more down here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or Athens, Georgia, than what you would be able to do at, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, or Happy Valley. And that's going to be the recruiting pitch. Now, you, I know you mentioned if the other conferences play, that's a, whole, that's a whole conversation we can get into because that right there, that is what everyone wants to see because that will, ha that will determine the lasting ramifications. Let's get into that conversation. Not that we're doctors, but what, what's your vibe here? Do you feel like, you know, especially with the Big Ten and Pac-12 saying this is based on medical information, do you think it's feasible that the other Power Five conferences, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 will play college football this fall? Right now, I think they have every intention to play. And I've seen quite a bit of people on Twitter say this is just a PR stunt. Listen, those guys are strapped and loaded with full pads. You don't throw on full pads on your players and start hitting, start doing Oklahoma drills, start doing ones versus two. You don't start doing inside drills with pads on if you don't intend to play. You don't risk getting your players concussed. You don't risk getting your players injured for a PR stunt. I truly believe those guys have every intention to play. And if you look at what the Big 12 has rolled out, they gave a, a detailed step-by-step -step on how they plan to make it work. As far as their medical doctors, they're, they're bumping up testing to three times a week. When it comes to the enlarged heart, they're, they're going to be doing ultrasounds. They're going to be doing all of those protocols to monitor that. And with them being able to, to deploy those type of resources, it tells me that they have a plan in place. They're not panicking. The SEC has said all along, we're not going to panic. The Big Ten will not have any influence over our decision. We're going to figure out what's going on. Their medical director in the SEC has already given them the green light. Same with the ACC as far as the Duke doctor who's giving them the green light. And, and the Big 12 has already said, we looked at what the Pac-12 has provided as far as the data, and our medical professionals have a vastly different opinion than what they have. We feel that we can manage this, and the tools and the, and the tools to manage the enlarged heart has been around since 1985. Teams just need to utilize it. So it's funny that you have a, a variety of opinions when it comes to medical professionals. Like you get a torn ACL, one doctor says you need surgery, the other person says that you just need to you just need to get some rest and get off your knees for a second opinion. Like you can't have 
everyone agree on what's going on right now. And right now the SEC and the teams in the South, they're going to put their money where their mouth is. And if they play, it is going to be a situation where the Big Ten is going to look like a complete clown show. I mean, they already look bad, but if the SEC and the ACC pull this off, it's going to be terrible for this conference. So in one breath, do you want to watch college football? Because if so, it's going to kill this this Big Ten conference. In the other breath, do you, do you wish that the other programs cancel as well in order for the conference to save face? Yeah, like you said, it's going to make the Big Ten look horrible if these other conferences are able to play. We'll, we'll see if that happens. That is a big if. And, of course, the Big Ten's trying to kick the can down the road, Jonah, and saying, like, we can play this winter, spring season, this January, February, March season. You know, the obligatory question um, that I must ask you, do you think that is a viable option playing this January, February, March condensed season? Look, I, I give Ryan Day – and, and Brom all the credit in the world. They woke up the next day and realized this is the reality that we live in. I have to find a way to keep my roster intact. How did I do that? We need to go ahead and get a plan in place for spring to give these guys, give these guys a carrot to stick out there to have something to work towards. Now, will it happen? I have my doubts. I mean, you, the Big Ten has been in this predicament since March, and here we are in August, and they completely dropped the ball because Kevin Warren is an empty suit leader who cannot get the job done. He can't get everyone on the same page. Now, if they pull it off, you can't tell me that you care about the students' athletes' well-being and health when you're asking them to play 20-plus games in a calendar year. I know Brahms' proposal was to start towards February and ending um, I believe it was in May, and then you're coming back and starting the season again in October. Ryan Day's proposal was start right at January to give the guys a little bit more break in between there. But either way you slice it, I just don't think it's good for the student athlete to be able to put that type of wear and tear on their body. What I, what I like to see football, absolutely. I want to see Ohio State football in the worst way, but I just don't see how they're going to be able to, to make it work. The first domino that has to fall, Dave, is the NFL has to be able to work lockstep with these guys. You can't have the draft where it's at right now and still have some type of spring ball. Everybody's saying that the, the veterans and the NFL guys are already going to sit out. Sean Way's dad has already pretty much came out and said he's not playing in, in the spring practice there. So guys who are going to be cashing in here in the next couple of months, you won't see them. Now, what, you will, what will be interesting is guys like Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor and Kyle McCord, a lot of those guys are going to be on campus, and their first action could be in the spring ball with the same guys that are in the class ahead of them with Julian Finley and, and, and Mookie Cooper and, and Jackson Swift and Inba. All of those younger guys that are in there right now, you're going to have about 50, 40, 40, about 40-plus 40 guys that are – seeing their first college action for the first time, which is exciting, but at the same time, it's going to take a lot to get them ready to go. Yeah, let's look into the future. Speaking of those young wide receivers with Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba and G. Scott Jr. and Mookie Cooper, let's talk about who's going to be throwing them the football along with you know Garrett Wilson will be back. Um, we're making the massive assumption here that Justin Fields' Ohio State career is over. Okay, that's not an assumption at all. Um, and that – that stings, but, you know, that's a topic for a different day. Let's look into the future. 
who was going to be the next starting quarterback for Ohio State? The next time Ohio State plays a real football game, Jonah, who's going to be the starting quarterback? My cause is going to be CJ. I think it's going to be CJ Straw. I just think he he just has it has it all what you're looking for. Don't get me wrong, Jack Miller is a gamer. I really like his competitive spirit, the way he plays. Um, it had been it had been fun for you guys to provide more camp updates to see how those guys were looking there if it was a normal circumstance and we'd have, we'd have been able to get a better feel for it. But right now, I think C.J. Stroud's going to be in the mix. But, man, you have to really like Ohio State's quarterback room if they are able to play some spring ball, especially with Kyle McCord there. I mean, I just, as what you're essentially saying is Kyle McCord legitimately has a shot to compete because none of those other guys have – they won't have any – college experience when it comes to playing in live games they've been on campus they're familiar with the playbook and they've been working with coach Mick for about a year after after this spring ball starts but I think Kyle McCord when it comes to game reps he's going to be on the same par with those guys so I just think CJ will probably get the nod there his arm is just too talented he has the dynamics with the legs to really open up the playbook he's not a blazer but his legs are good enough to get him out of trouble uh, but I'm excited you have to be really excited about the quarterback room great insights from Jonah Booker thank you very much Jay book if you guys out there like the show leave us a five-star review or subscribe it really helps thanks again to Jay book thank you to all the listeners I hope everyone has a great weekend begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.